Hey there, witchy listener. It's me, Melanie Dolling. I just wanted to hop on and give you a little intro to this episode. We're still figuring out the whole remote recording thing. And uh, in this episode, we were on like maybe a five second delay. So it's definitely a lower energy episode at first because it's like, what, what, ooh, what? And I tried to fix as much as I could in editing. But uh, yeah, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. But anyway, we've got some cool interviews coming up. But we wanted to do these couple episodes just to like catch up be like hey how's it going highlight some cool products highlight some cool people and i talk a bit about my tarot business and how that's going so this is a little grab bag rachel brings some really cool research to the table it's uh it's fun go for a walk put on your mask be safe enjoy and uh Thank you for your patience in advance for um, a little bit of a uh, awkward delays here and there. exact same way because I am actually I'm doing vert some a couple virtual shows here and there I I which are I mm-hmm. mean they're they're obviously gonna be weird but given the context and um the reality of what stand-up comedy is but I mean you know they're fine um but I feel the same way of like I as soon as I saw those pictures of those patio shows I got a familiar feeling in my stomach that I had totally forgotten about which is the oh no I'm not hustling hard enough feeling and I yes. was, I re I didn't realize how relieved I was that that was gone during COVID until it came back. And I was like, should I be, should I be out there doing this right now? But I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. It is still a pandemic. And if, and if you're doing it all the best to you, I'm sure it's being done safely. You know what? I'm not sure. I hope it's being done safely. Um, <laughs> I, God, God bless. But, um, we're also, I mean, without going into too much detail, we are, especially in Toronto, and I'm sure everywhere, but specifically in Toronto, we are in a time where the comedy scene is about to reinvent itself in a major way. Um, it has been mm. really uh, cut, and the comedy scene, yeah, it here specifically has been, during COVID, very much uh, cut down and burnt and light, lit on fire, disintegrated. Um, whether that be <laughs> people being called out, whether that be... Uh, the, the very nature of stand-up comedy being put into question as a career because of COVID. Um, so the entire scene is reinventing itself. And I mm. feel we are just jumping back into normality right now, um, mainly because I, I COVID. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting time. And I don't think anyone should be putting, and I don't think this applies to only comedy. I think nobody should be putting their pressure. No one should be putting pressure on themselves right now to return to quote unquote normal because normal doesn't exist anymore. And we don't know what normal looks yes. like yet. So. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why I feel that anxiety and that fear when I see people who want to hustle so hard is that like, I really feel like during COVID, I started undergoing my own personal transformation. And yes, the yeah. scene's going through a transformation. And I'm like, I'm not ready yet. And also, this could... um. This this will bring this back to like energy and witchcrafty things. The other thing is, um, I guess I always imagined energetically that there would be some slow way to go back to normal. But the scary thing is, no matter when we do it, yeah, it's gonna feel like snap. It's gonna feel so quick. Like 
I realized um, the other day I went to a, a demonstration that one of the comics was having for George Floyd. Um, and I went to this thing and it was very nice. It was very well organized. It was a very nice gesture. Um, but I realized I hadn't been that far into the city in a couple months. And immediately it was like, bang, 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 construction. Oh, people honking their horns. Oh, cars going everywhere. Oh, there's all there's yeah. all these people buzzing around. And I was like, oh my God, there's no slow way to introduce yourself. Cause there were still, it was still obviously not as busy as it would normally be, but I was like, I forgot how much stimulus, like I take yes. in every day without even realizing it walking around the city. And I hadn't been doing that in a while because Parkdale's become my own little beach town, basically. And Which is awesome. You live like, in oh such a gosh. fucking good area. For this to be happening, you live in such oh, a fucking live, good area. It's perfect. I've become such the like little, like, I have my little walk that I go on and it's a specific route and I like it. You know, it's been lovely. And I realized, like, I think going back, nobody's talking about the spiritual stress of, yeah, yeah, like you're all of a sudden just going to be taking the subway again, hearing construction again, hearing traffic again, seeing bunches of people again. And there's no way for that to happen, like trickle down. It's just going to happen. And that's yeah. freaky. And like, I know we have to have a separation of church and state. So it's not like we can officially be like, here's what to do for your spiritual needs. But we do need to do something for our mental. I guess we would frame it as mental health. Yeah. How do we go back? Say. Yeah. How do we go back? Um, and nobody's talking about that aspect of it. But like, it is going to be weird. And it's going to be taxing on our system to Absolutely. suddenly take in that much. Totally. It's going, no one is quite talking. I mean, a lot of people, when, when the pandemic happened there, I found there was quite, maybe it was just the, the, the media I was taking in, but there was quite a bit of talk of how do we manage our mental health in quarantine? Yeah. But now that quarantine yes. is being lifted there, there, we might just all, and also we're in the middle of a civil uprising and mm -hmm. um a political unrest and a completely unjust system that we are all living in and actively trying to um flip on its head and completely dismantle um there may not be the the it feels like there won't be the time or the space to talk about the mental switch into going back to i'm not going to say normal i'm going to say like going back into society and I think, yeah, yeah, that's a to, good distinction to, be, to make. Yeah, we're going to have to be aware of that. We're we're going to have to actively, um, you know, do our favorite thing, guys. Go to therapy, like with the, like talk to, yeah. Feel like they're, the, right now we're in a very specific time where it feels like there is no room for discussion, uh beyond what we need to immediately do right now in terms of uh, cultural change, which I agree with that we need, like every second thing out of my mouth needs to be like arrest the officers that killed Breonna Taylor because it should be. I don't want it to, I don't want it feel like mm -hmm. it's not because it absolutely is. We need to be talking about that all the time. Um, but in your personal life, so in your, in your life, I feel like we just need to take the time 
talk about all the things that need to be talked about, educate ourselves, take the time, and then also take a little bit of time to check in personally because you can't, you know, pour a glass from an empty glass. What the fuck is that saying? Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, you can't pour, pour from an empty cup. Yeah, thank you. What did I say? You can't pour a glass from yeah. an empty glass. Because <laughs> the glass... Well, that's is, true, too. Hey, that's true, too. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, I think I'm actively yeah, losing it's... like, word power mm-hmm. as this goes. Anyways, but I do on. think, yeah, we... <laughs> We do need a mindful way to come back, you know, and we need a mindful way to keep um, all of this learning that we've been doing um, yeah. can't stop here. And we need, uh, yeah, it is, it is wild that we went through so much and there was so much talk about mental health and civil uprising and people were still talking about mental health, like how, t- like I saw something about like, um, that allies need to work on their emotional resiliency. And I was like, that's probably really true. Because being an ally, you're not as emotionally resilient because you've never actually been through this stuff. So you're like, "Mm, this is hard. And then the people who've been going through it their whole lives are like, yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's so true. I do need to work on emotional resiliency. Yeah. And it's like, don't sit there saying, you know, I have allyship fatigue. If you do have that, you know, maybe express it to a white person. Um, and Express not publicly, it to a white but person. It's like, yeah. Don't, and don't like write about how tired you are, but we're all learning like, okay, how do I work on my emotional resiliency? And I've been reading some really interesting stuff about that. And it feels mm-hmm. like a COVID world, a quarantined world is a very, um, reflecty, thinky, take some time world. And the bustling society world is not so much that. And it feels like we're just expected to, oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm going to go to, um, going to go to some patio. Oh, what was that? <laughs> some, a comic on my feed was, <laughs> was saying that he saw a bunch of people on the Jack Astor's patio. And he was oh, like, you're no. really going to risk your life for those mediocre chicken fingers. <laughs> and, um, That's so funny. Somebody and that asked, made me laugh. That's a right. Then the same thing happened to us. Somebody asked Jeff, Hey, do you want to meet at Gabby's today? And he was like, no, I don't want to fucking meet at Gabby's today. Are you serious? No. <laughs> it's fucking COVID. They have a patio, sure, but my God, it's cramped. Yeah. And also, it's Gabby's. I love Gabby's. Don't get me wrong. Gabby's is a fun place. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Shout out to Gabby's, but not worth the disease, <laughs> man. Not fucking worth. Go to a park, no. guys. Go to a freaking park what is the problem with going to your local park with some snacks nothing wrong with that i have also i know i feel like come no go 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry we are i think we are oh i just wanted to say go for it (laughs) i feel Mm -hmm. like i have just gotten comfortable asking someone if they might like to go on a distanced walk with me. Like I've asked one person and I was like, are they going to get mad? You know, so that's the level I'm at. I went for a lovely distanced walk with someone. It was good. Um, But (laughs) yeah, I'm not at the, if I, oh, if I'm going to break quarantine for anyone, the shameful tiki patio is open. Those 
that company has been amazing during COVID. They've been posting a lot of like, here's recipes for stuff you can make at home. And it's like, it's a chain, but it's somewhat independently owned in whichever city it's in. Like, I think, I don't know. It seems like the people who own that place really give a shit about that place. And I love to drink some (laughs) cool cocktails out of a ceramic glass shaped like a dolphin. If I'm going to break quarantine for anyone, it's going to be them. But I'm still not ready, but I'm glad they've opened their patio. (laughs) But it's also like, uh, I don't know. I've also been watching, I got to say, I'm going to fangirl you for a second. I've been watching your Instagram and you just look so fabulous all the time. And I feel like when I picture Melanie Darling returning from COVID, I don't picture Melanie Darling going to like, uh, like, fucking jack asters melanie darling will go to a beautiful glass <laughs> patio with a big floppy hat and and beautiful lipstick and a manicure and a fantastic cocktail that's where i pictured you coming back from covid you're at the ocean i don't know how you got there yeah. but like you're there but like i'm there but yeah no i'm into i'm so into that and thank you and i and i <laughs> oh i really want a manicure but i've been holding myself back um but It's, yeah, it's like, let's do it with some style and also some reverence. Can we not be like, okay, we're doing this. You know, there's so many people, I don't know what's going on in their hearts and minds, but there's so many people that are just like, all right, okay, who wants to go to Gabby's? And it's like, no, we weren't just all on vacation for two months and now we're back. We were doing a thing and it was an important thing. And I would love to have some amount of like caution, reverence, just like make, make your first trick back out, um, a something of a cautiously optimistic celebration of sorts, or be like, you know what? I am going to support those servers because they've been out of work for a while or, you know, have a reason to want to do it rather than just like, well, Gabby's is open. You know, I, that doesn't feel like enough for me. Totally. I, I think that's a really important thing too. Like when you, when you do decide to come back into society, make your new movements meaningful. Don't just go to some random bar because you can with nobody or like, or with people that you don't necessarily want to spend time. Maybe this is all going to give us perspective of like to use our company and our time more wisely of a like, I'm going to, I'm going to make the effort to go see this friend. Cause I know that would make me so happy. And we're going to go to this place that we want to support. That's being safe right now, rather than just like, eh, this place is open. This is crazy. I think a plane is going off. Anyways, sorry. Back to. <laughs> witchcraft um because i have i've some witchy things to update and plug um speaking of going to the park with your friends i have just the green witch in me i have discovered an app that i am obsessed with that people have told me has existed for years and it is insane that i haven't done it yet it's called picture this it's free you can take a picture of any plant or small animal in nature and it classifies it for you in like two seconds so you take a picture of a plant. You're like, I see this weed all over the place. What the hell is this weed? Um, and then it takes a picture for it. You take a picture of it and it tells you immediately like, oh, that's garlic mustard. It's this, this, this. Or like, oh, that's stinging nettle. And it's, oh uh, it tells you like it's poisonous or what are the symbolic natures of like this. Um, it's funny. This, this one is called stinging nettle that I found outside, but it's symbolic for protection and healing. 
and apparently an exorcism. Oh, which, cool. You know, uh, Whoa. Know, Whoa. Exorcism anytime. <laughs> I don't know why they added that, but you know what? It's a great app. But- Picture this. Fantastic. Yeah, you never know when the occasion's going to call for it. This is amazing. I just Googled the picture of this app because, you know what? I was looking for a plant identifier app because I go for walks through High Park a bunch and I yeah. like to commune with the nature that's there. But um, the app that I found was one of those ones where it's like, oh, uh, yeah, click here and uh, you're on a free trial. And you're like, what? And they're like, Sorry, and then three days later they charge you seventy dollars, and uh, I had to. I had a, yeah. It was one of those like this is a free trial, and then I had a panicked call with um, Apple Care. You know what? They were great. I was just like, I do not want to spend seventy dollars on this plant app. I'm sorry, and they were like, Yeah, it sounds like you accidentally subscribed to an app. Happens all the time. We've taken it off, and I was like, Oh my god, amazing! But um, oh my god. I didn't know that there was a free one, and that's what I've been looking for because it's also wonderful. sometimes there's a in my neighborhood there's a lot of really cool like fruit and plant stands, but they're not always like the most fastidious with like labeling stuff. So that's great. That's oh, it's so good. It's free. You could subscribe to like more, but this is basically all you need. It's so. Fantastic. I figured out what these fucking berries are that my dog keeps eating. It's great. And it's also like, I like to run little apocalypse scenarios in my head of like, all right, I have to camp now for the rest of my life. Like, where am I getting my sustenance? Mm -hmm. And I just realized that might be troublesome that I do that. But you know what? I don't care. I love imagining that I have to live in the woods. So now I love running Hunger Games-esque scenarios. That's what I like doing. I do that all the time. I used to have... um... I used to have a big, um, do you know what a captain's bed is? It's got, it's like a big tall bed with like storage under. It's a big tall bed with storage underneath. (laughs) Like it's basically like you're sleeping on top of a dresser. And I used to have one of those. It's like really cool. I guess they call it a captain's bed because it kind of looks like it would be on a boat or something. Um, So I, yeah. And there used to be this like big cupboard underneath. Um, that I would like run like kind of drills where I would just be like, if I had to hide from an intruder and call the police, how would I get into this cupboard? Yes. And I would like, you know, and it, and I would just like be like, go and like get into the cupboard yeah. with the phone really quickly and be like, okay, I did it. And like, you know, I think it's just, um, it's just something I think it comes naturally to anyone to be like, if I had to survive in the space I'm in right now from X scenario, what would I do? And like, totally. it almost kind of makes impending doom kind of fun. Yeah. And also uh, palatable in case it happens. That's why we like to listen to murder podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what would I do if I'm in the trunk? Um, <laughs> that's yes. so dark, but yes. there you go. But um, it's dark, but it's true. And that's why I think that's why women are obsessed with true crime is they're like, yes. well, statistically, this may yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, I got to know, I got to have my street smarts. I got to have my street smarts. I mm-hmm. also need my wilderness smarts just in case. Ugh, I did order like a How to Survive in the Woods book. And I didn't realize until I ordered it that it was written in 1952 okay. by a man. Um. So literally every page I turn, I'm like, oh, oh. this is going to be racist. And then I turn it, I literally turn the page at first and it's like, oh, what plants to eat? And I'm like, excellent. And then I per- change the page and it's like, now the Oriental likes to. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I throw the book away. 
But uh, <laughs> no. it's so bad. Uh, uh, in 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 witchy news, I just ordered. You know what? I wouldn't even call it witch. Uh, you know what? Maybe you 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 tell me. Um, I ordered from an incredible company called Mother Earth Essentials. It is Canadian. It is female mm-hmm. owned. It is indigenous owned. Um, it's Mother Earth Essentials. Okay, it's all these really cool Canadian indigenous female owned products based on indigenous culture and spiritual properties. Um, the woman who owns it comes from this long line of Cree medicine women. And I got so many candles. Cool. From, I got a sage candle. I got a sweet grass candle. I got a um, cranberry and rose candle and a cedar one, I think. But um, it is such a cool company. Definitely support them. They have such good products. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Support BIPOC um, businesses in Canada. Yeah, I'm on their website and it's so everything is in such tasteful, beautiful packaging. Um yes. and it's all very reasonably priced. Like these totally. handmade soy candles are twenty dollars. That's I know. And that's a steal in the candle world. It really what? is. And yeah. I've I've now tried every single one of them and I can ten out of ten recommend them all. Yeah, let's support BIPOC businesses. And in Canada, you know, we have historically had a real issue with how we treat our indigenous people. So oh, I would yes. love to put a spotlight on on more um, more ways we can support people who are doing good things in the community. Absolutely. I love this because all of these herbs, like you said, are very... Um, within the indigenous practice so it gives people a little education while they beautify mm-hmm. their space that's amazing yes i love it very much yeah. i love the sweet grass one i want to try and find sweet grass in in nature and i know it's apparently it's around but i don't know where or how to find it so you know what that's my new project but um let's dive into uh kind of like updates and news and witchcraft uh stuff because i know you had some yeah. witchy uh, uh, events, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been, um, well, we did, let's start with, uh, a couple moons ago, we had a full mm-hmm. moon thing, um, oh, where we, me too. I, I I've been it. really into, um, I've been into lately. So with our full moon meetups, and this is something I guess to do with like something I'm working on spiritually in general is um, at first, like um, it's very, it's easy for me to take control of a group when it's like people I don't really know. But when it's my friends, I'm always like, I don't know, what do you guys like want to do? And I'm very like passive. And um, I was finally like, you know what? I've asked these people to do this full moon thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to take more control of it or, or just like be more of a leader within that. So people aren't like, so what are we doing? And, um, I, the last time we did our full moon meetup, I wrote a guided meditation. I picked a tarot card that was like specific to the astrological, um, sign of the moon and we talked about it and then it just felt really like we did a little ritual and I just um yeah it felt good and it felt like oh this is how maybe not how we should have been doing it from the beginning because I kind of had to feel it out but it really mm-hmm. felt nice for me to take 
charge in that way and just be like, yeah, you know what? We've all come here. And that's, I think it's just, I'm learning a lot about doing things with conviction. And it's like, there's so many people doing things halfway because it's like, oh, I kind of want to do this, but I'm also kind of scared to do this. And it's like, well, there's no way to get, there's no way to get, um, attention or any kind of momentum going. And maybe that's how you should speak to the universe as well. You know, when you're doing these petitions and you're doing these witchy rituals and you're doing all this stuff, you can't like, it doesn't have to be as fancy or expensive as some of the spell books you might buy, but do it with intention and really do it with reverence because I feel like the universe listens to you when you have conviction versus when you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm lighting this candle, I guess for self-confidence and uh, I got this rose quartz here and all right, well, if you could do that, that would be great. Okay, thank you. Like, it's just like, (laughs) that's not an energy to move through the universe with, um, especially when you're asking for something. And I think, yeah, I learned to speak with more conviction and like, yes, it's weird at first to be like, hey, gang, all right, this is what we're doing today. Like, it is weird, but then we fall into it. And I really enjoyed, it was like less of us than usual, but it was a really cute, cozy group. And then I did um, the same thing with, uh, so for my tarot readings, I have a lot of trouble asking for large amounts of money for things that I enjoy doing. And I've been talking to a career slash life coach who's like, you know, maybe you could do some added value and do like a tarot slumber party because slumber parties are something I do sometimes on Instagram live. I haven't been doing them lately, um, but where people just come on and it's like very cute. And we talk about like we read different magazines and we do little quizzes and we just do fun, silly things. So I I incorporated the two. Yeah, so much fun. And I love like my aesthetic is very much like grown up teenage girl. And uh, I, I started doing tarot slumber parties. So because the full moon is reserved for like hanging out with our group, I do them on the new moon. And it's like, hey, if you booked an hour reading with me, or if you referred someone who ended up booking with me, um, You get to come to this thing. I do them every new moon, so I'll be organizing the one for July soon. And we study a tarot card, and then we do a guided meditation, and then we do a simple ritual. We did a summer solstice thing, and um, the ritual, I just was like, just bring anything that you can braid. So I had some embroidery thread. We had people with ribbon. We had someone braided their cat toys. Someone braided their hair. And I was like, we'll just talk about our intentions while we make these braids. And like, that's just a very simple version of a spell called a witch's ladder, where you do like a braid and you knot different things into the braid and you put all kinds of intentions into it. But really just like taking the time, ritual can be as simple as like taking the time to mindfully do a very easy task that lets you slip into something of a trance state. Like it could even be like an adult coloring book and just doing it with intention and infusing those intentions into that activity is a very powerful ritual because you're slowing your mind down. Absolutely. And I want to actually go back for a minute and talk about when um, you kind of like taking that place of conviction and place of power. We had all kind of decided beforehand that we wanted Melanie to run this circle because you are so, um, 
you're so good at it and you're so spiritually in, you, in touch and you're so um, mindful of what the group needs and you're so fucking good at it. And I, I remember we kind of had that conversation of like me telling you, like, I want you to take charge of this because you, if you want to, if that's something that you desire, because you are so good at kind of reading what everybody needs and guiding us in this way. And, and, and with that in mind, you put us into a guided meditation that was so eye opening for all of us in such different ways. And, um, you kind of walked us through this meditation of like going to these places in our mind that we like didn't really expect mm. to go. And kind of, and we kind of unpacked that afterwards of like, where did you go during this part? Oh, I went here. Oh, that's so weird. Cause I went to this totally different place and it was so enlightening. It's so interesting. And it just, it just goes to show you that like taking control of something doesn't mean like, doesn't mean you're, ugh, it just goes back to old teachings of like, it doesn't mean you're being bossy or you're like telling other people what they should be doing. We wanted you to take control of this. And when you did, we all earned, like got so much out of it. So I think A, you should run way more of those circles, especially with meditation and especially when it comes to like kind of witchy full moon stuff because um, you're amazing at it. And B, it's really as as me, the person who feels very skeptical and very difficult to like let go of my um, my thinking brain and kind of allow myself to be lost in that kind of spiritual area. Um it was excellent for me because you, you totally, it, I, I went somewhere completely. I didn't know I would go. So 10 out of 10. Um, if you feel like you are qualified to do something out there, fucking do it because you are, um, unless yeah. you're, unless you're, you know, <laughs> unless you're a straight not. white man and you know nothing <laughs> about what you're talking about, but you know, if you are genuinely professionally qualified to do something. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, um, yeah, I'm glad that you dug it. And I was even like, I surprised myself with like, I wrote this guided meditation and I was like, okay, cool. Let's try it. And, um, I, afterward, everyone was like, yeah, discussing where the visuals led them and what they saw. And like, someone said it was super like trippy. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I had no idea because, you know, I can't do my own guided meditation really. Um, and then, I did a different one with the new moon group and same deal. They all had these amazing stories about like, I wrote, um, I wrote one with a lot of like water and like clamshell imagery because, uh, because it was, yeah, it was a new moon in cancer. And actually we have double new moon in cancer. There is one last month and there's one in July. So it's a very watery, emotional time. So take care of yourself. But I, <laughs> I wrote this, um, yeah, very cancer, water, crabby kind of meditation. And yeah, everyone had these amazing stories. And I was like, I had no idea I was putting these amazing visuals or help or guiding these amazing visuals into these people's brains. Um, and it was really empowering and nice. And I think it's an interesting transition that I'm in right now with all of this witchcraft stuff is that when I was a beginner, I thought I knew everything. I would like start reading a witch book and be like, nah, I get, I basically get it. And I would just like toss mm -hmm. it to the side and be like, I'm a witch. Look at me. And I think <laughs> that's like how I approached a lot of things in my twenties was I would be like, you know what? I basically get it. And like, I wasn't, you know, and I haven't really reaped any rewards because I wasn't putting in the work, putting in the discipline, doing things yeah. with reverence at all. 
in any area, I was just like flitting from thing to thing being like, this seems cool. Yeah, mm, I'm bored of it now. And like, I think in being in my late 20s, early 30s, I started to be like, I really want to pour more time into things and really know them. But then with that, I started getting unnecessarily humble where I was like, oh, me? Oh, no, I'm just a worm. And like, I realized that I need now I need the other muscle back. And it's like, I think that's growing up really is like you first, you're really like arrogant and you don't know anything, but you think you know everything. Then you're like, I don't know everything. But then how do you once you've started to accumulate some knowledge, how do you then stand in your power and have the same confidence you had when you were so young and so naive? And it's like it's a real interesting push pull yeah, I think you need to become way more comfortable um, owning owning your own qualifications because you're so qualified. Yeah, it's wild. It's a wild ride, but it's been really it's been really rewarding, and it's interesting that like I'm leading other people in this thing where they can just kind of like lose themselves and relax. And for me, it's this huge like mental activity of like balancing two extremes of my personality. So it's a it's a real interesting uh, alchemic uh, thing that's happening in these meetups. And I dig it. The, yeah, I, I think they're they're really awesome. They're very, they feel very for again, for someone like me that needs that kind of like, I just need to do it and kind of uh, take the kind of I can only apply so much of my own spirituality to it because I still don't know what my spirituality kind of is. And I'm kind of rebuilding it at the moment. But um, for someone like mm-hmm. that, who has a very intro level of, hey, here's this thing where you can learn more about your own brain for a minute and it also feel nice. That's it. And it's awesome. And I love it. And I think you mm-hmm. need to, um, I think you need to co-opt it in some way or like, I don't know, like create some sort of business on these moon rituals because they're so fucking good. And it's also, I, I was reading, this is something else I wanted to talk about yeah. in the world of witchcraft and research friends and you know i love those two things very much i was reading this article in the atlantic um called why witchcraft is on the rise um the the article itself uh you know it's pretty it's pretty informative because it did lead me to this other really cool discovery but um there are moments of the article that kind of at the same time, while they're trying to have this reverence for witchcraft and talking about its origins, it also goes into this place of like, well, like the coven is the new squad. Like nowadays, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, you can't, you can't mm. water it down to that and then also claim you have reverence for it because you don't. Um, so a lot of the article does. Yeah. And also like, like, don't appropriate the word squad. <laughs> don't appropriate, you're appropriating f- like four words within that one sentence. Stop it. But it's also like, yeah. they use terms like, for girls that want to feel witchy AF, I'm like, Jesus Christ, can we just calm down? Because the person in this article that they mm-hmm. are interviewing is actually fascinating. Her name is Juliette Diaz. And I think we might have like stumbled. I don't know if Ooh. we spoke about her recently. Definitely look her up. She's a best-selling author. She is an incredible... Um, incredible figure in witchcraft and in healing and spirituality. Look her up. She has a booming business in witchcraft and she comes from mm-hmm. a long line of indigenous. Uh, oh my God. I, list, I looked it up so much. I have to have pronounce it. I'm seeing um, this uh, yeah, long line of witch healers from Cuba. Yes. So she was part of this. She's a long, yeah, this long line of healers and spiritual uh 
spellcasters and witches from the Taino tribe. And I kind of looked that up. I was like, why have I never heard of the Taino tribe? So I looked it up. Incredible article in National Geographic called Meet the Survivors of the Paper Genocide. And these were what? indigenous Caribbeans. So they were in, they were in the Caribbean. Um, they were an indigenous tribe made up of, um, yeah, indigenous people in Spain and in the Caribbean who had been there for like 4,000 years in South America. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, not in Spain. I mix up two things. Um, we'll get there. But basically the Taino <laughs> were indigenous people living in South America who arrived in South America over the course of 4,000 years from Haiti, from um, the Mayans even. And they were this indigenous culture that had this crazy rich culture, um, beautiful traditions. Uh, they had their own businesses, their own practices. This is beautiful indigenous culture. If you want to also learn more about it, um, there's a great video on YouTube with a bunch of views called How Taino Culture Affects Us to This Day. Um, today. Wow, I can't read. Oh my God, I'm going to jump out the window. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> basically, and this is what we're and it ties it, learning about this, and they have, again, this very incredible indigenous culture that is heavily rooted in magic and spell casting, and wit there are healers and witchcraft. Um, they also, like, had their own businesses. They also had a million other practices, but they do have this, like, very beautiful um, culture in their healers, and their kind of, wow. yeah, in that. Until, and this is where it ties into today and why we should know about these people, because our BFF, just kidding, he per, he did genocide. Christopher Columbus came by with the Spaniards. Um, yep. It, it, it already a capital O oof is about to happen because Christopher Columbus came by. The Taino, this is an excellent point in the National Geographic article. The Taino people were not discovered by Christopher Columbus and the Spaniards. The Taino people discovered Christopher Columbus and the Spaniards. <laughs> they oh. arrived and Christopher Columbus was like, I'm here looking for gold and exotic spices. And the Taino people were like, all right, buddy, there's no gold here. And you guys are white as fuck and all of your taste in spices fucking suck. And the Colum and Columbus is like, you're right. Your, sp <laughs> your spices are weird and I, I don't like them. So instead he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to traffic slaves and turn you all into slaves. Because why wouldn't you, you white racist oh. fuck? Remember, there is a day named after this man. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep that in mind. Also, the Spanish uh, brought so much disease to the Taino people um, and killed so many of them just with the disease that they brought alone on their stupid fucking boats. Um, and basically, they put all of these indigenous people um, into slavery. They made them work in gold mines, which, spoiler alert, there's, no, there's not that much gold there. Uh, sugarcane fields and just general slaves so then and so they took over this whole area destroyed all this beautiful culture and basically between 1565 and 1802 um records of the people stopped appearing because guess who were writing the records fucking spaniards and columbus so they were like oh these these quote-unquote indians don't actually exist anymore look at that they just they kind of all died out isn't that so weird um, they don't exist anymore. Mm. So literally in, in paper records and census records and all these places and all these reports in the colonial period, they fully just wrote them out of history. They did not exist anymore. And it took wow. so long to, for historians to figure out why the fuck don't these people exist anymore? And it's because a, a lot, they were writing them out of history, first of all, 
Um, they did not want any of that dirty laundry and they saw them as subhuman, which is absolutely fucking horrible. But um, basically, they the ones who wanted to survive, they converted. Um, when the Spaniards, um, quote unquote, were like granted freedom to their to the slaves and they weren't slaves anymore. If a Spaniard really mm-hmm. wanted to keep some of their slaves or they wanted to marry a Taino woman um, and have children with her, which I mean, I'm going to take a while to guess there and a lot of those were not consensual, but you know, um, colonizers mm-hmm. be colonizers. So when they granted freedom to these slaves, if they wanted to keep their slaves, they just reclassified them and said they were African. So these people disappeared on paper. So it took so many, it's crazy, but it took so many historians so much time to realize, and all this DNA research to realize these people were not eradicated. They fully A, survived, which is unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. not only did they survive, but like today their, their culture still thrives and still exists in Jamaican culture and Haiti and all these places like you again watch that video on YouTube of how Taino culture affects us today um it's a beautiful culture and they survived this absolute white fuckery so they have and then that brings us back to Juliette Diaz who now knows that she and, and has kind of always known because her family kept it going of her roots in Cuba and the indigenous Taino people and how she comes from a long line of witches so that was my little research corner. Cool. Um, look up Juliet Diaz. Her, and yeah. she also, very much in line with this podcast, takes a route of like, without co-opting witchcraft and without, not co-opting, that's not the right word for this particular moment, without um, appropriating is the word. Thank you. Thank you, brain. You're welcome, brain. Um, <laughs> without appropriating <laughs> witchcraft, <laughs> without appropriating it and without um, kind of... Uh, making it something it's not and watering it down and just like putting on goth makeup and saying, I'm a witch now. Um, without doing any of that, she is a firm believer mm-hmm. in like any, like any and all approaches to witchcraft, like take your own route. Anything can be witchcraft. Um, let's discover the best route possible. She does online classes. She does. She's very cool. Look up Juliet Diaz and hell yeah. Yeah. I just, I just looked her up and she wrote a book called, witchery embrace the witch within and um yeah i love that it says my best seller will shake the roots of your spirit um click below to read more about it and join my collective and i love i love that she has a collective i i will join it right now um i (laughs) i feel like anytime somebody who i find beautiful and interesting is like i'm actually doing i'm like yeah how do i how do i do that yes (laughs) I just oh want someone to follow around. I want you. <laughs> and yeah, to the, uh, it was the Tiano tribe? Taino, yeah. T-A-I with a little thing over the I. Taino. Um, to that point, yes. I <laughs> I recently did something I wasn't expecting to be a witchy exercise. I write, I ghost write for this blog about tattoos. And um, nice. I was, I love this it. guy was like, yeah, I've been doing that a while. Um, and it's it's fun. It's a lot of research to um, write something that's in the end, like a little bit on the clickbaity side, but I learned things. So that's good. But um, my boss was like, 
can you write um, a really, really long piece? Because like to compete, you need more words than other articles for mm-hmm. SEO. Um, he was like, can you write a really, really long piece about tribal tattoos? And I was like, Meh. so I made yeah. the first 500 words about how you shouldn't culturally appropriate tribal tattoos. And then I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here's here's every tribe that you know, has distinctive tattoos and what they all mean. And really, I found the exact same history over and over and over again, which was this tribe was incredibly sophisticated. They had a lot of really interesting um, belief systems and like uh, an interesting like, you know, mathematics in the case of the Mayans and things like that. And then they were colonized and kind of stopped being able to survive. And now they've been pushed into the farthest corners of society and they're not doing so good. And I was like, fuck. And like, it just, it just goes to show. And like, I'm always happy to hear of, of a people that has um, survived and thrived despite all of that history. But yes, it really just drives home the point that we were not really taught history in school. And it's so frustrating to me that I was aware of other cultures in this very like, oh, there's other cultures and they're beautiful and we all have our own beliefs, like this very namby-pamby way of looking at things. But I was truly not aware of the extent of yeah, the genocide. And it's largely been the because same people. It's usually the Christians or the Catholics who are like, oh, I don't think what you believe in looks very neat and tidy to me. It kind of freaks me out. So I'm going to need you to stop. <laughs> it's kind uh, of freaky shit. I don't know about this. Everything, yeah, everything tastes better here. Everything looks better. And that just makes me feel inadequate. <laughs> so I'm just going to write your history away so everyone just thinks that you guys just kind of disappeared. Like, it's so sad that, like, our so much of what we learned in history was written by the winners. It's written by, Mm -hmm. and by winners, I use winners with a, like, spit in my mouth because winners means colonialists and winners means the, sometimes the wrong people won the war. And most of the time, the wrong people won the war. And Mm -hmm. it's, what's beautiful now is that with, technology and things like that people can refine little bits and pieces of who they were that weren't complete that were so resilient that they weren't destroyed by these fuckheads so that at least is a little bit of a silver lining yeah yeah and it's it's good to know like um what i love about this juliet diaz um person is that this book is very aesthetically pleasing. I could see them selling mm-hmm. it at an Urban Outfitters. And it's like, it's nice to know that there's people with the real shit who are putting the products out that are going to get the attention. Um, because sometimes, right. I think in modern times, we see our own version of colonialism where it's like, oh yeah, all these people with all this knowledge, that's great. But we're trying to just make like some kind of cute little book and then like knowledge gets out there <laughs> or like those those little like witch kits that you see at Sephora or whatever, those get out into the mix and then people get a very muddy idea of what witchcraft is. So it's nice when someone who actually is the real deal writes something that I'm like oh maybe a teenage girl will stumble upon this and actually get the right information 
Totally. And it's also that thing of like, if you read the article um, in The Atlantic, uh, she fully acknowledges that with this kind of like urban outfitter zizing of witchcraft, she has made commercial success because people are like, oh, cool, witches. Um, mm -hmm. and she's like, I, I, I gauge that that's how I got a lot of my modern audience. That being said, like, yeah, she's still, she's the real deal. She comes from a long line of respectful indigenous uh, soothsayers and it's it's really fucking cool and yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that she uses her commercial excess to actually teach us about shit that's the thing like it's like I don't begrudge anyone commercial success I just want it to I want it to be someone who can actually help because some teen who's picking up a book at Urban Outfitters it's likely because they feel you know, they feel other in some way. And they're like, I want to find something that I feel like I belong with. And the only reason that we have all this like Insta, which, um, you know, maybe not very deep worship is because maybe someone was genuinely interested in witchcraft. And then they came across this very whitewashed, like, yeah, Glinda the Good Witch style history. And then they were like, mm -hmm. okay, great. Well, that's what I do now. And it's like, and then that gets commodified and then that turns into a paid Instagram ad that's like, hey, you're into witch shit. Why don't you order this uh, dream catcher we made without really understanding what that means? And you're like, OK, Absolutely. I've never been told to do any different from that. And, you, and it's like, I think the problem is a lot of the authentic people who we know are afraid of commercial success because they don't want to sell out. But then the only information that's getting out there are people with the audacity to just like write some fluffy little thing that doesn't actually tell the truth of it. It's so true. It's so true. And um, I don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope we're moving in the right direction with that, that like people are starting to realize that we, if we want to learn our real if we want to learn the real histories behind these very complex ideas, we have to look for them because unfortunately we don't live in a society where we will be taught. We have to seek out the knowledge ourselves. And that's mm -hmm. part of what we do in this podcast, which is something I really appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that too. And um, yeah, I guess we'll like wrap up by saying that um, we wanted to do a couple of like check-in, hi, how's it going kind of episodes. But um, I think moving forward, we want to have some guests. And our mandate has always been like, we have any number of very lovely people writing to us and being like, yeah, I'm into witch shit, interview me. And we really yeah. are very fastidious about we choose people who have something they can teach us because like, yeah, we can sit around and gab, you know, and just be like, isn't this cool? Yeah, I love this crystal. Cool, cool. But that's not really what we're here to do. That's we're, not we what this learn. podcast is. No. Very and it's like, if that's, if you want to sit around with your friends and be like, ooh, we lit some incense. Ooh, it's like, that's great. But um, we really are trying to curate uh, guests who can teach us something we didn't know before, illuminate an area. Um, and we've got some ideas for upcoming episodes, important conversations that need to be had. So yes. um, if you're used to like more of our highly researched episodes, those are coming. Um, and we just, these are our little like, hope you're doing okay in quarantine slash some people aren't quarantining anymore kind of check-in. Yeah, these are our kind of like, the world has changed. We may need to go a little bit off script. 
But I'm glad um I'm glad we uh got to talk about Juliet Diaz and I will link to her in the episode. She's super cool. I'll link to that Atlantic article as well and the Mother Earth Essentials. And Fuck, um yes. And if you want to come to I'm still kind of like figuring out my business model with regard to the croissant moon tarot thing. But um Yeah, look them up. But look up, uh, yeah, croissantmoontarot.com. It's a .com now. There's no .wordpress, .whatever. It's just croissantmoontarot.com. And um, I have my booking schedule on there. If you, if it doesn't work for you, let me know. Um, I'm also playing with different booking apps. So, you know, just send me a DM if you're confused. Um, and also... E, if you want to do the the slumber party, I'll have the information for that up really soon. And it's either book an hour session or book a pay what you can session and then refer someone who ends up booking with me. Or uh, I think I'm just going to do a cover charge of like 15 bucks for anyone who wants to come hang out because I like doing it. It takes some time to research it. Um, I do want to make some money off of them, but you, should. you know, ultimately I just want to. Yeah, but ultimately I just want to share this experience with people because it's been really cool for me to step into my, I guess, my witchy power in some ways, but also to provide uh, this really cool experience that seem po- people seem to get something out of. So yeah, check yeah. all that out. Um, ooh, also I wanted to mention friend of the podcast, uh, Queen of Swords, Riz. Um yeah. Yeah, they uh, recently posted on Instagram that their little chihuahua needs surgery and um, they haven't been making as much money during COVID. Um, so if you have like a couple bucks, you know, I I think uh, Riz's um, rates are a little bit higher and rightfully so. They're worth it. If you've been looking for a reading from someone who's like been doing it a super long time and is going to mm-hmm. like give you the straight goods then yeah, go support Riz by booking a reading or just send Riz like 10 bucks. Like what were you going to do with that $10 today? Something stupid. Help the Chihuahua. (laughs) Very adorable Uh, dog. I wouldn't um, like it is. Yeah. And I know the dog um, is is a really sweet presence in Riz's life with a cool backstory. So let's, let's help this person and their familiar. Yeah, I love that. Help Riz. Riz rocks. Yeah, we love Riz. Okay. All right. I think that's, that's all. Tough. Yeah. That like I think we got through a lot there. We definitely right. did. I hope. Well done, everybody. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you're doing such a good job. Whatever you're doing right now as the listener. Keep doing oh, wow. it. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 